Welcome to the MPC Podcast. I am Tim W. Gill, pastor of Medora Pentecostal Church, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today. Here at MPC, we are committed to bringing hope and building lives. One way we do that is through this podcast. Thank you for listening, for sharing and reviewing what we do here. It is our desire to connect with you, and you can find us on Facebook, or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. We're blessed. We're blessed. We are going to share with you this evening. First of all, we're going to use the verse that we used last week, Philippians chapter 3, verse 20, where there Paul reminds us that uh, our citizenship is in heaven from which we look for the Lord to come back because he's going to change our vile body that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious self. Resurrection Day is going to have some glorious revelations that await each and one, every one of us. As family, we're going home. And as family, we're going to have a great reunion tomorrow. And what a day that's going to be. Amen. I'm going to read as well 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, which speaks of that event, verses 16 and 17, where Paul said, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. My subject tonight, my text tonight is family reunion. Family reunion, and that, that excites me when I think about what's going to happen. I can imagine what's going to happen, but one of these days I'm going to find out for sure. As I was preparing and thinking about this uh, message, this lesson tonight, I began to reminisce, and I could recall when as a child, a child, I've got somewhere in the backside of my mind, I can remember many, many, many years ago, in fact, I don't even think I was old enough to go to school yet. But I remember my mother's uh, parents, the Holdens, had a bakery in Perigold, Arkansas, the Holdens Bakery. We lived in right out of four miles out of Zenith, Missouri. And I can remember, I do specifically remember, I don't know how many times we did it, but I can remember them coming and getting us for Christmas, to spend some time together in our family, my mother's family. And I can remember they came to take us back to Perigold in their bakery truck. And I can remember as a small child, as I said, I got those memories in my mind somewhere, and I doubt if I was old enough to go to school, but I can remember the smell in that, uh, that truck as I laid into the a shelf area where the buns and the bread and whatever baked goods were stored back there. And I can remember going to Perigold, Arkansas 
for a time of reunion with my mother's family. What a day, what a time it was. Well, we're going to a family reunion. I'm glad you're part of my family. I'm glad I'm a part of your family. The hope of resurrection of the dead is something which is shared by most ancient writers that we read about throughout the Old Testament. Job, they tell us, is the oldest book in our Bible. And I don't know about that for sure, but that's what I've read more, more than once. And if that be the case, the oldest writing in our Bible says, God's coming back. The Lord's going to return. Job put it this way in Job 19, verses 25. He said, I know that my Redeemer liveth, that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth, and though after my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God, whom I shall see for myself, and mine eyes shall behold, and not another, though my reins be consumed within me. I don't know if, if Job is the oldest book of the Bible, and he is the first one that tells us the Lord's coming. The Lord's coming. And that though we go by the way of the grave, that's not the end. It's not a dead end. It's merely a, a access into the heavenly presence. Paul put it this way in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 19. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. I don't feel any misery tonight unless it's cold misery. But I don't feel miserable tonight because I've got a hope beyond this veil of tears. And prior to coming out here for the service tonight, I got to thinking about a song, and I'm not going to sing, but I got to thinking about a song. And I found an old songbook, uh, Songs We Sing Complete. And the song that came to my mind was, To Canaan's Land, I'm On My Way, Where the Soul of Man Never Dies. My darkest night will be turned to day where the soul of man never dies. And the part that stirred me was no sad farewells, no tear-dimmed eyes, where all is love and the soul never dies. And that's the way it's going to be tomorrow when we have that great reunion in the sky and in the heavenlies. Now, Paul, in this passage in 1 Thessalonians 4, where he speaks about uh, the Lord's coming, himself is going to descend from heaven. 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 16 and 17. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, the voice of the archangel, the trump of God, the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Three things I'd like to emphasize from this passage. First of all, he gives us a reference to the fact there's going to be three wonderful sounds that are going to happen on that great day. First of all, he said there's going to be a shout. He's going to come with a shout. And there's no indication what is meant by this shout. He doesn't tell us what the shout is. It's just coming with a shout. Possibly, it's the great command, 
that we read about in uh, one like in John chapter 11 when Jesus stood before the tomb of Lazarus who had been dead for four days. The Bible tells us in verse 43 of John 11, when he had, th had thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, yeah. Lazarus, right. come forth. Yeah. And it was the shout of authority from the one who had the authority over death, hell, and the grave. That's the way Jesus told it to John in Revelation 1 and verse 18. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore, amen, and have the keys of hell and of death. Amen. He overcame we're going to overcome. Yes. We may, if the Lord tarries, we'll all go by the way of the grave. But again, that's not the end of it. No, that's not the end of it. Amen. And in the beautiful passage in the Song of Solomon, let me share this with you in chapter 2 of the Song of Solomon. Verse 10 reads like this. My beloved spoke, spake and said unto me, Rise up, my love, my fair one, Come away. Yeah. Now, in this, in this story, in the Song of Solomon, it, it's, a, it's a time of communion between bride and bridegroom as they're expressing their love for one another. And in this particular passage, the bridegroom is speaking to the bride and he is saying, rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. The bride is stating that she heard from the bridegroom and he calls her to join him. Well, our journey has been long. It's been fraught with tears and disappointments all along the way. But there lives in the heart of the bride, the hope, even so, come, Lord Jesus. Those were the, some of the last words of John the Revelator in Revelation chapter 22. Now, will this be the shout for the child of God on that wonderful day to call us up? Now, I don't expect the Lord to call every name because our family is a big family. And it's growing every day. There's somebody, I believe, somewhere right now speaking in tongues as they receive the Holy Ghost. And I believe somewhere somebody is being baptized right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Because we continue to get reports from those that in other countries of revival. Souls being baptized. Souls being filled with the Holy Ghost. I received a report just this Past week, I guess it was, recently, the last few days, from Brother Spear, who is a missionary to Uganda, speaking about several that have received baptism or the message of baptism. He is going back to Uganda in next, next week, and he's preparing to baptize them in the wonderful name of Jesus when he returns. So I don't know if he's going to, the Lord's going to say, walls come home. No, he'll probably do that before the rapture, maybe. I don't know. I hope not. But anyway, I don't know it's going to work that way. But maybe he'll just say, church, come up higher. Amen. Family, come on high. Amen. Amen. And to emphasize the love the bridegroom has for his bride, the church. The call is repeated in verse 13. 
in the Song of Solomon chapter 2, where there we read, The fig tree putteth forth her green figs, the vines with a tender grape give a good smell. Arise, my love, my fair one, and come away. <laughs> I'm in love with Jesus Christ. I'm part of the glorious bride of Jesus Christ. Amen. And I'm looking forward to that day when I shall be able to see him for myself. Now, this fig tree reference here, the fig tree putteth forth her green figs. It speaks of the beginning of growth and eventual harvest. And I wonder if this is what maybe is having a reference to what happened in 1948 when Israel declared their independence once again. And now they are growing to the point and place in this old world as well is telling us the Lord's getting ready to turn uh, to bring us up out of this old world of corruption, his church, his bride, and turn his hand and lay it upon his people Israel once again. President Trump, I call him president. He's still my president. I don't know about that fellow in the house over yonder, but President Trump was able to accomplish what no previous president could do. That is, bring the embassy to Jerusalem, declare Jerusalem the capital of Israel, bring surrounding Arab nations into an alliance with Israel. In fact, I saw just today, maybe it was, or day before, about the United Arab Emirates uh, declaring they're going to send an ambassador to Jerusalem, to Israel, which is unheard of, signing peace agreements with Israel. My, my, this is exciting and an interesting event. Israel is telling us we're getting close to that event when the Lord is going to return and we're going to have that reunion family reunion. And the second thing the Lord said was, it was be a voice of an archangel, Paul said. There's only one angel that we read about in the Bible. It's called an archangel. And that would be Michael in the book of Jude, uh, verse 9, which is an indication that there must be some more because Daniel said in chapter 10 and verse 13 that Michael was one of the chief princes. I don't know how many there's going to be, but they're coming. Yeah. This event is going to be so glorious and so important, and it's something that has never happened in the 6,000 years of man's journey on this earth. He's going to come and take up off of this earth, millions of baptized in his name and filled with his spirit. What a reunion that's going to be. Now, I have a question concerning the voice of the angels, the voice of an archangel. Luke says, now listen, Luke says in chapter 15 and verse 10, likewise I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. Now, my question is, if angels get excited about one person repenting, what do you think how they're going to act when a whole multitude of people rise together from this earth together with them in the heavens shouting, if you will? There's, if, if there was shouting when, an angel, when one person 
is repenting and gets right with God, then what's the sound going to be like among that angelic host when the whole church rises up to join them in the air and to be with the Lord Jesus Christ? Woo! Millions, millions are going to rise into the heavens. And then the last, the third sound that Paul said was the trump of God. The trump of God. There's going to be a shout. There's going to be the voice of the archangel. And there's going to be a trumpet that's going to sound. Mm. Reminds me of Numbers chapter 10 when God said to Moses, make you some trumpets. Make it silver. Make them out of silver because silver speaks of redemption. And make some trumpets. And you'll be used, the trumpets will be used to call the people together for different reasons. Well, on that hallelujah day, I know we talk about uh, the angel blowing the trumpet. What is it? Gabriel, get your trumpet. I don't know who's going to blow that trumpet, but it's going to be the trump that's going to sound like it's never sounded before. First Corinthians, Paul said in chapter 15 in verse 51, I want to show you a mystery. I want to show you a mystery. We'll not all sleep, but we're all going to be changed in a moment in the twinkle of an eye at the last trump. Uh-huh, that's the one I'm listening for. For the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. Now, the trumpet that Paul is speaking about here in 1 Corinthians 15 is the trumpet of victory. It's a trumpet of rejoicing. It's a trumpet to call the righteous up to meet the Lord in the air. Now, my curiosity says, who's going to hear that trumpet? Will everybody hear that trumpet? Or will it just be those of us who have been baptized in his name, thus we become identified with him and filled with his spirit, thus we have him living within? That is, will, will just all the redeemed hear the sound of the trumpet? Or will people around hear the trumpet? I don't know. Bible doesn't say, and quite frankly, it doesn't matter to me just as long as my ears are open enough to hear it myself. It's going to be a fearful day for all of those who have not prepared themselves, whether they hear the trumpet or not. Resurrection day is going to be a glorious day of revelation to the child of God. The Apostle Paul emphasized the catching away. I want you to notice this. I want you to notice this here again in verse 15. Uh, For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord. This is 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 15. Paul says this, and notice how it's worded. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord that we... That is the church. We which are alive and remain faithful in the church, walking with God, unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. So Paul emphasized to us that his teaching was not personal with him, but from the Lord. The Lord's saying this. The Lord's telling us it. Now, there's some that's been in, that has debated this this statement of Paul. Some argue that Jesus didn't speak this way during his ministry. Well, we know he did because the Bible says in John 5, verses 28 and 29, Jesus said, Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in the which they that are in the grave shall hear his voice, 
shall come forth, they that have done good unto the resurrection of life, and they that have done evil unto the resurrection, resurrection of damnation. And also Jesus said in John 2, 19, destroy this temple. Go ahead, destroy this temple. And in three days, I will raise it up. So Paul is emphasizing that his argument concerning the resurrection of the dead and the coming again of Jesus Christ is not based on his supposition or theory. It's by the word of the Lord, the hope of resurrection. Listen to what David said in Psalm 17 and 15. As for me, I will behold thy face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied when I awake with thy likeness. And I want to say I shall be satisfied when we get together for that great family reunion. Now, it won't matter whether I'm dead or whether I'm alive. I just want to be in that reunion tomorrow. Amen. Now, notice this expression here. Shall not prevent them which are asleep at resurrection when we are caught up. We're not going to prevent them which are asleep. It could be better translated, will not precede them which are asleep. The dead and the living. Paul's argument is the living did not have any greater advantage over those that are dead. Both are going to experience this great event at the same time. What a day. Listen to what he said in verse 17 of 1 Thessalonians 4. Then we, we which are alive and remain, shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Now he puts them together, the we, the living, and them, the dead, but we're going to come we when we're in the clouds, just one body. The dead in Christ shall come forth from their grave first, rising where their body had been laid some hundreds of years ago, if not thousands, then we which are alive and walking around in cold Medora, Indiana, are going to rise up together to join them in a grand experience of seeing the Lord Jesus Christ for ourselves. We, them, the dead, and the living will meet the Lord in the air. We're going up together, folks, for a family reunion. Jesus said in Matthew 8 and 11, I say unto you that many shall come from the east and from the west, from the cold and from the heat. Now I added those last part. And shall sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. Just think about it. That just, just, that just stirs something within our mind and our thoughts. We're going to sit down. I've read about Abraham, the father of the faithful. I'm going to see him. I'm going to sit with him. And, and Isaac and Jacob, amen. But let's not stop there because that's not the only ones that's going to be present. But I expect on that great day, I'm going to see Paul. I'm going to see Peter. I'm going to see James. I'm going to see John. I'm going to see Brother Shepherd. I'm going to see Brother Dick. I'm going to see Brother Jack. Mm -hmm. I'm going to see Sister Harrison. I'm going to see Sister Deb. I'm going to see Sister Purvis. I, mm, I better stop because I'm going to leave some out, and I can't name them all. From Medora, Indiana. But I tell you, my friend and fellow pilgrim, my family member, we're looking for the Lord's coming. And those that we have said goodbye to, 
in the past 45 years that we have been here, almost 46, and we've seen many of them walk off to uh, the white cemetery over here and, and this one back here somewhere, and we said goodbye to them, but it was only momentary because we're getting ready to join them for a great reunion tomorrow. Hallelujah. Thank God for his promises. He's coming back. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 50, 15 and 54, with this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality. Then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. The reference to the corruption, this put on incorruption. This corruptible is going to put on incorruption. The corruptible are those that are dead in the grave and waiting for us all to go up together. The mortal is speaking of us that are alive and among the living today. The change that's going to take place in our body all together. At the same time, we're going to shout together. <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah. Imagine, fellow pilgrim, family member that are watching tonight. I mentioned we will meet so-and-so and so-and-so, and, so and I called a few names. I didn't mean to leave any names out, but I couldn't call them all anyway. But you can think of a loved one. You can think of a family member that you've had to say goodbye to, but it was only a so long because tomorrow when the trump of God sounds, when the Lord comes for his church, we're all going up together. And those that you had to say goodbye to, you're going to see them again. You didn't say good. You said goodbye to their body, to their tabernacle, but the Lord's coming. In fact, Paul said he's bringing them with him. He's bringing them with him. What he's bringing is their spirit, their soul. The body is corrupted and all gone back to ashes, if you will, in dust. But it's going to be reunited with that body in the tomb or in the grave or cemetery. And we're going to go up and we're going to see those that we haven't seen in many years. Will we recognize them? It doesn't matter. Will we know them? It doesn't matter. I think we will. If we know Abraham, surely I can know brother dick our brother jack if i can know abraham and isaac and jacob if i can know paul and peter and james and john mama hallelujah let me imagine i'm thinking about a reunion uncle jack and brother so and so and coming from hither and there we're all going to get together for a great reunion what a day that's going to be now, Paul concludes this chapter in Thessalonians or this, this thought here by saying in verse 18, comfort one another with these words. Nothing is more comforting and more assuring to a child of God than the promise the Lord's coming. He's coming back. He's going to come back for us. The troubles of life are going to end. Won't have to shovel any more snow. We won't have to worry about any more tornadoes. The tears will be forever wiped from our eyes. Death will never be a threat to any of us in that great number of our family when we're caught up to meet the Lord in the air. David said, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I won't fear any evil for you're with me. You're with me and your rod and your staff are going to comfort me. I hope you're ready tonight for that great and glorious event of the Lord's return. And if you're not, let's get ready. Come on and join the family. 
And if you're a prodigal that's watching tonight, come back home, prodigal. Come back home to the family. Come back home because surely you want to be in that great family reunion that's going to take place tomorrow. The Bible, uh, Jude records in chapter 1 and verse 14, he spoke about how Enoch said, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints. And he, he's coming back. He's coming back, and what a day that's going to be. Now, I don't know exactly which well. I'm pretty sure I know, or I think I know, which coming back Jude's talking about or Enoch's talking about because he's coming to bring judgment. But before God comes to bring judgment, he's got to come and take us out of here to be with him in the heavens, and then we'll all come back together. Amen? And the prophets said, Daniel 12 and 2, many of them... Many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life. And that's the ones we want to be associated with. And we want to have a great reunion in the sky. We're not alone in placing our hope of the resurrection that the Lord's going to bring about tomorrow. Paul writes to console and convince and encourage the Thessalonians that though their loved ones had died, they were not without hope. Amen. And this was one of the problems the Thessalonians were wrestling with. Somebody had used this idea and used Paul's name and whatever to try to tell them the dead's gone. The dead's gone. Well, he said that's not the case. I know they're gone physically, but they're not gone. They're with the Lord. They're in the presence of the Lord. They're in paradise. They're waiting for that day when the church has ran its full course and he's coming back one of these days. Again, let me emphasize Luke 13 and 29 says, they shall come from the east and from the west and from the north and from the south from every direction and shall sit down in the kingdom of God. I'm looking forward to that day when I can sit down at that marriage supper and look across and see those that I've witnessed through the years, worshiped with, prayed with, yes. shouted with, rejoiced with, those even from here at MPC particularly because that's part of my family. That's part of your, my family. Let's go together. Let's make sure we're ready. Let's make sure that we're prepared for that glorious event. What a day that's going to be. Amen. You know, when you have family reunions, you send out a notice to everybody. We had a family reunion, a Walls family reunion, oh, maybe three years ago or so in which we were privileged to go and attend in St. Louis, Missouri, outside of St. Louis. Good time to see people we hadn't seen in years, some we had never seen. But my, what a, that's family. That was Wall's family. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm waiting for Jesus' family. I'm waiting for that glorious time when the family of Jesus Christ. And Paul said in the book of Ephesians 3, verse 14, that this family... And verse 15, that this family, the name of Jesus, is named his name, by his name. We're one family. He called it a family. I'm part of that family. I hope you are. God bless you for Thank you for listening to the MPC Podcast. 
We trust that today's message has inspired you, encouraged you, and strengthened you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast, and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorchurch.com to learn more about our ministry.